right, guys, we have a very special guest with us on Design Huddle today. But before we introduce him, we're going to get into his background just a little bit and show him some love. All right. This man is the CEO of Just Creative, an award-winning branding agency and industry-leading design blog that works with people who want to build a brand the strategic way. Now, to name just a few of these specific brands that he's had the pleasure of working with, let's drop some names. We're talking Nintendo, Nike, Red Bull, Disney, Powerade, Vitamin Water. Pow I already said Powerade. I'm just super excited about water today, guys. Omega. Jerry Seinfeld, as well as iconic locations such as San Francisco, Puerto Rico, and New York's Digital District. Are you sold yet? No. Let me continue then. He's spoken at TEDx and has been featured in Entrepreneur, Forbes, and a number of high-profile design books, including the Best of Logo Lounge Master Series. He runs the industry-leading just Creative Blog, which features thousands of articles and resources to help businesses grow and thrive. Without any further ado, please help us welcome to Design Huddle, the digital nomad, family man, and CEO of Just Creative Agency and Blog, Jacob Cass. How you doing, Jacob? Amazing. Thank you. That was incredible. Seriously. <laughs> quite <laughs> a, quite a mouth, mouthful there. <laughs> that This is how we like to do at Design Huddle, a mouthful. But... Before we begin, we have one question because this one question before we get started is has become a, a new trend here. Well, actually, you're gonna have two. One, I'm gonna put you on the spot. The mustache. Everybody who is not obviously there's no visuals here unless we decide to do a video. But my man Jacob has a mustache. It is Movember. But I want to ask you a question about that, and then we'll get into a little bit serious topic here. So, what was the inspiration? I know you didn't give me an answer before we got on, but we're we'll put you into a little little hole here. I think it's taken me 30 years to be able to grow a mustache. So that is probably the biggest inspiration. It kind of was a two weeks in. I'm like, yeah, I might just try it this year, see how it goes. So it's uh, halfway there. Try new things, ladies and gentlemen, end of podcast. Um, no, <laughs> thank you for sharing that with us. So guys, what I'm super, I'm really pumped about this episode because Jacob has so many different talents and he has so many different avenues that he really touches or has experience in so we're gonna hop into really understanding how you got here in the first place how did you begin your journey as a creative and as an entrepreneur as it seems it seems like just from your bio you're very adamant about travel you do a lot of things so how did we get to this point to where you are today yeah good question it really started when i was at design university or you know studying design at university and I was documenting my studies as a designer and on a blog, which was called Just Creative Design at the time. And I was sharing what I was learning as a student. So whatever projects I was doing, I was sharing on there. And that kind of exposed me to this blogging world, which I didn't know anything about. Uh, and there was a small community online at that time, which is, this was around 2007 to 2010. So showing my age there, but it was very uh, close knit. And there was only a few design blogs out there. so we had a lot of chats and it kind of grew from there and it opened my world to what blogging is and how you could make money from it, how you could network and how you could use it as a platform to grow your business. And it's been an evolution since then. Obviously it's pretty mainstream now nowadays, but it was um, something that was growing, social media was growing. And that's really how I got into this world of design, web design and so forth. And through me studying these um, or sharing my studies, I got the attention of an, uh, a design agency in New York City. So I was studying in Sydney and mm. they headhunted me to go work for them in New York. And uh, I said yes, because I was a student without a job. And if you get invited to go to New York, you say yes. <laughs> 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 so that was a huge hurdle for, uh, not hurdle, a huge leap for me in terms of my career because I went from being a design student to working for Disney and these cool brands. So it was a big, um, Wait, leap. hold on. So it went designs, design school to Disney and <laughs> a bunch of other brands as well. Level? So yeah, yeah, it literally was that level. So it was a big leap for me. Um, I was, I was still like a, a lower level designer. Like I was a junior designer at that time and still yeah. uh, earning my stripes. So, but it was just a, a great opportunity to have to have access to that to that sort of thing. And I, I wasn't doing amazing things 
for these brands. Like it was, it was um, banners and Facebook apps and things like that. It's not like these huge um, movie productions or anything. Like they're still working on Disney as a brand, which is really cool. Especially yeah. getting access to their database of these huge high res 3D imagery, which is like super cool. You zoom up and see all the f- tiny hairs on their face and all that sort of stuff. So that was fun. All the dope assets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cool. Well, let's pause here real quick because I feel like there's a story that needs to be, we just have to zoom really, really far in and find the hairs in that story. So, um, (laughs) let's... Don't get too close. (laughs) uh, Let's talk about how you got the attention of this headhunter. What were you doing at the time that got the attention of this person? Yeah, so I was pretty active in social media, which the agency was focused on digital media and social media. So mm. it was pretty new at that time. And yeah, it was when all these apps and like the poking on Facebook was around and all that throwing sheep at each other and all that sort of stuff. And yeah. it was new. So I was in that realm of social media and they wanted someone that was exposed to that and knew what they were doing in that realm. And there weren't so many at that time. And because I was putting myself out there uh, on, on Twitter and I had my blog, the, mm. it, it got that attention. And I had... Um, a small following at that time and for for those platforms and that is that's how I got some clout in that arena as well so basically what I'm hearing is you put yourself out there not that you differentiated yourself obviously not that many people were doing this at this time it was something new but because you were taking action you did something different than nobody else was doing and you kind of were seen by somebody as this you know this guy has an understanding of what he's talking about Let's see what he's about. And this person obviously hit you up and brought you to New York, right? Yeah, there's a good summary there. And I think it's about showing your work, showing your process, showing what you're learning at the time. And uh, it wasn't good work what I was sharing, but it was still insightful for other people that were learning it. So there's always going to be people in front of you, behind you, um, or at your your level. So you need to have this um, this mindset that you can, you don't be afraid of sharing what, you, what level you're at or what work you're doing. It's that process that teaches you um, how to, well, it makes you learn and it also gives you exposure for, sorry about those birds, that's Australia, <laughs> I'm sitting outside here. Uh, yeah, it gives you exposure for um, your work and how are people going to find you or hire you if you're not sharing your work or what you actually do for a living. So that's that's really what got the attention. Yeah, I think that's really important to point out there is to show your work, show that you know what you're talking about. And I think that's a good point, whether it's you're on stage, whether it's online, Make sure there's a way to show that you have an expertise. All right. So cool. So when you started getting into, because the, the three or like two, three things I want to dive into here is you've worked with these large brands. I kind of want to talk about how it is, how you learn to deal with these sort of clientele, like um, from a you know sales perspective, how you get the attention nowadays um, is it the same way. And then I kind of want to talk about the, just creative blog and i kind of want to get a tidbit into this just what is it you have a travel blog yeah i kind of want to <laughs> I, I just out of curiosity i want to i want to know a little bit about that um have you monetized that by the way i just saw it like at the tail end and I was yeah just yeah like, yeah okay guys we're gonna get some serious passive income tips here absolutely um, so yes first let's talk about how you deal with clients nowadays what, what was it like for you like day one, you are now not just working for somebody else. You're, you're not in-house. How did you learn how to build your own process for working with your own clients? What was that like? I feel like there was about 50 questions just then. Okay. Okay. Let's stick with one. Let's stick I, with one. I, I, know, I, I no, I'm going to ask the, the last one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was just joking. Uh, the, the first question <laughs> was, laying it like, out. <laughs> yeah, I want to be transparent here and say these big brands, I'm not working with them one-on-one directly. So to clear the air about that. I'm working at, at an agency or being subcontracted by, out, by an agency to be able to have access to these brands because obviously they need a team to build up what they're doing. And I'm yeah. uh, a cog in the wheel of that team. So I, I focus a lot on logo design, branding, and um, some marketing material. And then there's also other people behind the scenes. There's developers and creative directors uh, and strategists and all of that. So that's important to consider. In terms of getting some of these clients, I'm going to just use a few examples to give context. The, the latest one I just did was for San Francisco. So it's, this client um, worked, hired another agency called Miles Partnership, and they were doing all the strategy and research for 
rebrand in San Francisco. And then Miles Partnership some subcontracted out different designers. I was one of them to work on the logos, on the logo and some of the, the branding material. And yeah, the, as I was one of them, I submitted my work and we worked back and forth. And then they were also, Miles was also working with other designers doing logos. So they kind of got a, a different talent pool to um, then present to the, the main client of San Francisco. So thankfully after user testing and uh, back and forth with the client, my logo work came out top and it was approved and now it's launched last uh, a couple months ago. So that was really cool. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to be transparent about how these relationships work. I'm not always dealing with them one-on-one. -on -one. There's, there's a lot of middlemen involved here. But to get exposure, to get hired by these agencies or these brands, you do need to have uh, some credibility and some exposure out there. Obviously, I have my blog that promotes who I am and I have the work out there that is going to be at the caliber that these people want. So you're going to get hired for what you put out there and the expertise you show. So how I show my expertise is the, the portfolio, testimonials, um, the about page, everything and all the clients I've worked with before. So you have that track record. If you're just starting out, you can you can do fake projects. It's no, there's no shame in doing that. It shows your skill set and you talk about the process and how you did it. This will really position you as an expert and that is how you get attention. I like that. And I do think it's really important to, and I'm glad you said it's okay to do like spec work or work that you were just like, you know what, I don't have any work. I don't have any of my own clients, but at least I need to have something to showcase my skill. Like we talked about showing your work so that I can get headhunters or at least get eyes at my on my capabilities. So let's talk about how you built these relationships. Cause even though you're not, I think this is very interesting to talk about because a lot of people just think that they have to work one-on-one -on -one, uh, with these, with their clients. No one, I don't think I've really had a conversation of like sub understanding the relationships, how to build relationships with larger, larger organizations or agencies and just be like a subcontractor, but still run a, very profitable business with that model. So can you talk a little bit about how you've built these relationships in your own business like that? Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a, a model because there's so many different other ways that clients can find you. And sometimes it's right. an agency, sometimes it's directly with the client. I would say most of the time it's directly with the client, but sometimes yeah. agencies do need to subcontract. They don't have that talent on their team uh, and they specialize in different areas. So if you can get on their radar, that is, that's how they're going to know for, know you. And I've continued this relationship with them. Um, that's how I've worked with Puerto Rico and San Fran and just a few other um, places. And I'm continuing that relationship and you nurture that and uh, we work well together. So that it's, it's once you find someone, then really hold on to that relationship because that's important and you can get multiple gigs from that. But in, in terms of how to find them, there's so many different parts of marketing that come into play here. And, uh, I'm not sure if you want to go down that route, but there's uh, the holes I, are there. Let's jump. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of them, a lot of the, uh, how I find clients is through content marketing, which used to be called blogging back in the day. And it's not a, it's not a new term and it's, um, everyone's doing it these days. And it's, it's so important because it's how people find you. If you have great content out there that is, uh, focused around what you're offering as a service, then you're going to be seen as an expert and you get traffic. And you get links back to your site, which means you get higher search rankings. Uh, obviously, I've had my site around for uh, what 12 years. So there's a lot of ranking juice there. There's a lot of people linking to my site, which means my site gets ranked well, which is a huge plus. And if you think about how many people or how people find your site or how you find someone, what are they searching for? They, like, they type in logo designer, New York, for example. And your hope is to be on that front page. That's how people find you from search. And to put this in perspective, like I'm on social media and it's, it's important. It's an important part of business, but 1% of my website traffic is from social media. The rest is, is from uh, search engines, which is crazy. That's like nice. the amount of time that we put into social media is, is, it's, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to say it's a waste of time, but it's not the best use of time when you could focus on other areas that give you better yield. So that's why I focus a lot on SEO, learning about search engine optimization and really 
um, optimizing my site around search phrases and content that people actually want. And this jumps into another hole about affiliate marketing and passive income and using that as a way to keep your business afloat uh, when you don't have clients or you have that slow, slow patch or it's a holiday period or whatever it may be. So um, yeah. happy to jump into passive income as well if you're ready. Yeah, we'll definitely segue into that. And I just want to give you guys context. Obviously, you've been in this space for a while. You probably have seen Just Creative the blog. But I want you guys to know that Jacob is not a stranger whatsoever when it comes to social media or building a community. You, I believe you have like over 100,000. Just in Facebook, you have like 81,000 Twitter followers. And you're fairly big on Instagram as well. So you understand the social landscape. And I've actually started to come to realize realization as well that social media is like a viral game. It's totally based off of like what's hot the next day. You have your 15 minutes of fame and you don't have like a stable foothold and you it, it requires so much for very little return. I believe I think you have to use that 15 minutes of fame to like expand outwards. Like right now, it's lucky for me that I have i'm like i come up rank one for a couple things in search but like other than that instagram has changed a lot in like the last couple of weeks and it's scary and so just like you said like you have to have an understanding of like how to be searchable and i mean right yeah so i i get where you're going with this and i i can totally see where things are going because it's happened in in the past with facebook yeah i had 100k on there but the reach say two years ago was incredible you could reach like 80 percent of these people these days yeah. is i don't know it's like five percent which is crazy which is why two. people have yeah <laughs> two yeah it's mental so that's why people have migrated to instagram and now just recently you you've noticed that it's you don't get that reach and now people are going to linkedin so people are going to follow where you can get this organic reach for free and you don't have to like pay for posts or whatever it may be so it's important to consider don't put your, all your eggs in one basket and you should have your own platform to always come back to because you have complete control over your own platform. That's why I've focused a lot of effort on my blog and use uh, the social media ecosystem to really drive traffic and to um, drive awareness and all of that. And Instagram, I, I've only focused on the past, say, nine months. And uh, I, I love the community there. Um, the, there is some rehash and like chasing of likes. And I, I get it. It's part of the game. As you said earlier, it's all a game. And it's, it's about getting those eyeballs and it's all, it all works together. But I think the biggest tip is having that ecosystem, um, that your own platform to come back to because yeah, you have complete control. Definitely. All right. So with that, let's, let's segue on into your blogs and passive income. So when it comes to, first of all, let's talk about the strategy approach. Let, we'll do strategy and then we'll talk about specific tactics tactics you deploy in order to not only grow monetize but have control or your basically own your own homeland so to speak so let's talk about what is your general strategy with a blog post obviously it's content marketing but i think that's that's a tactic but <laughs> tell us a little about like your strategy behind these blog posts yeah so this uh there's a lot of moving wheels in this and i'm going to talk about first email marketing and then there is the, my services marketing, so marketing my services, which is brand strategy, logo design, um, or branding in general, and that leads into other touch points such as a website or marketing um, or print design or so forth. So, email marketing. So a lot of my site, like I, the goal is to drive people to my website, and that is through articles uh, and search engine rankings, and obviously sharing on social media. So you post the post, um, the article. You share that on social media, that gets picked up by search engines. And the idea is you're getting traffic to your site. But once you're on your site, you want to keep them on your site. You want to establish a connection. Well, what's the best way to do this? Uh, a lead magnet. So what is that? You've, you've probably seen this. There's kind of like a pop-up uh, that comes up, and you email, you'll get a freebie uh, or discount or whatever it may be. Uh, pop-ups are annoying, but this is the best way to get someone's email address. And it's a win-winner for everyone. Uh, Often you can give them a freebie and they get a connection and then they, you can get, they, they can get funneled into your email sequence. So this is your email marketing coming into play. And yeah. if you want to see this in uh, real life and see what my email marketing sequence is, 
Uh, there's my, if you go to brandonbriefcase.com, you'll get all these freebies uh, when you sign up and you can start getting my, my emails and you'll, you'll see what I mean when, when I'm talking about all this. So once you enter your email address, you'll get the, the freebie or the lead magnet that I, um, I popped up to you in that on the webpage and yeah. you will start to get emails and those emails are based around branding because that is my expertise. I want to sell people my branding services. So all my content is focused around branding, position myself as an expert in this area of branding. It, it's, yeah. it's selling, it's showing what you know, uh, but if someone wants to know how to do it, they need you um, or to, to facilitate that. So you're, this, it's all working. They get free content and they get aware of what you do and they learn along the way. But if they want uh, you to really do it, then they have to hire you. Um, or they may, they may not. Like Obviously, there's, there's thousands and thousands. You're not going to convert everyone. But you, you get that exposure, you position yourself, and maybe later down the track, you'll get hired. So it's a slow, long game. Uh, but you're doing this for life right um hopefully if you're really passionate <laughs> about it then it's your business no nah, man we're all here on that bitcoin train what you mean <laughs> you need that coin tomorrow <laughs> we yep. all trying to build shopify stores here what do you mean um <laughs> uh no i love it so let, let let's let's pause here real quick so we just mentioned a couple things. We talked about a lead magnet. We talked about email sequencing and how this is basically the beginning of your sales funnel. For the people who are listening, did you? how did you go about learning this? How did you become aware this is something that you needed to do? Could, you start, could we talk about that for a second? You don't need to do it, but it's a way to automate your selling. And automation is allows you to focus on what you like to most, right? Your services, mm. hopefully. Well, you uh, said you don't need to do this. What would you do instead if you didn't have this? Because I think this well, is something so, that I think is very strong. I would like to know the alternative that you have in mind. So I focus on inbound marketing, and that is the content marketing, lead magnet, email, sales funnel. This is one way of promoting the services. There's so many ways to promote. And I, because I have all this traffic, I, I can get away with doing that. But it's, if you don't have traffic to your site, you can't always get away with this. You need other ways to establish relationships and that can be cold calling it can be one-on-one -on -one relationships you can walk into stores in your local area and establish those relationships I don't go in there selling it's about building a relationship over time just making people aware of what you do see if you can help and start trickling in what you do to, to people and that's really what the email thing is just digital and yeah when it when it comes to marketing that you could you could solely focus on instagram if you want to go all in on that but whether or not that dies a year or two later than where you left. So it's good to have a diverse strategy and you be on more places or, and focus on a, on a few so that you can do well. Uh, you, will, you will burn out if you try to do all of them. But the thing is the, the time benefit of doing an email sequence is infinite because once you do it once and you set it up, then it's all automated. It's, someone signs up and they get six plus emails or whatever it is you, you choose to do. Um, you don't have to spend any more time on it. So with social media, it's always about posting new content fresh. It's a lot of, it's a yeah, time suck. So yeah. much time. Yeah. And what's the end goal of your social media? Are you driving them to your website? And once they get there, have you captured their email? So this is an important thing of side of marketing is to, to get that relationship going. Let's talk, let's talk about this. Let's, because I like what you just said there. So, um, or was something you said that I want to have you answer a question. So, when it comes to social media, what is your thoughts on this? Because Instagram, in my understanding and experience, converts terribly because you're, you're literally trying to take them out of a platform, regardless of what platform they are, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. You're taking them out of a platform. They're trying to spend their time, bring them to something else, hopefully provide value, and then in return, get a email address. So with that being said, do you believe it is more beneficial to you as a business owner to have an email address over than over a follower on social media. Like if it was one follower, one email address, what would you take? Absolutely email for sure. Uh, that is so crucial because if, the, if you have them on email, then there's a chance to promote all of your social accounts in one email. Follow me in all yeah. these accounts and like they're on the desktop on mobile. It's so easy to, to, to follow that. So that's why a lot of my um, freebies and leak magnets on social are focused around going, getting 
emails. Um, so yeah, just take a step back and think about your goals of why you're on social media. Is it to, to get clients or is it just to just show a bit behind the scenes or um, just to show what you're doing? But I, I've personally found, yeah, Instagram is, um, it, it is, yeah, I, I, I can't say I've had clients from Instagram per se, but I've had many people come to my site and then check out my Instagram. It's like, oh, I love what you do on Instagram. Um, and that's the selling point. So it's important to know who you're targeting because I think the, the problem with Instagram is like it's a it's a um, echo chamber. You're marketing to designers yes. who are following designers and uh, so forth. So you have to consider what you're putting out there. Like, is it going to resonate with clients as well as designers? So that's really what I think about is producing content that works for both. And occasionally I'll share my process um, because it's, it's just interesting to share that. But if you're just sharing, uh, let's say your logo design, just logos, like is there any personality? Is there any trust? Is there any other things that you speak about branding or strategy? So it's good to be diverse and know who you're targeting. Um, yeah. And know what your goals are. Definitely. And there's just, or at least in my mind, I've been thinking a lot about this is in social media. At least this is, I would love to hear what your thoughts on this. There's a difference between an audience and clientele. I feel like there's a lot of, especially in the influencer world that we live in today, even though that in the past years before social media, those were just personalities on TV. It was a different outlet back then. So you had Oprah was like the first influencer TV show. And then now you have people who are in these influencers on social media and they have an audience, which then I feel like their business model is to partner up with brands and they basically sell their audience and their numbers to whoever they're partnering with. Whereas on the flip side, um, and I feel like that's what some of the people like Chris Doe, he totally, he's making that switch right now. Um, he totally switched from agency to, I, I'm an, I have an audience of this many people. Let's get some brand partnerships, Webflow, et cetera. And let's try to, you know, make something in addition to their, their products. So I think there's two sides of the, two sides of the, the game. Would you agree? Like, you can either sell an audience or you can have like service clients. Well, I think everyone is an influencer in some way or another. Um, you talk about influences, but anyone that's got a small following has an influence or your mom be influenced by your decisions. Like everyone has some influence. <laughs> but what do you do when you have like 200 followers? You can't, you can't walk over to Microsoft and be like, yo, listen, I got these 200 people. Well, granted, if those 200 people will like hit the buy button from you. Mm, but Exactly. So it's about how how big of a fan they are. You need a thousand loyal fans, right? Okay, thousand. Okay, you, you're. I get you. I, <laughs> I see you. I see you, Jacob. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right. Okay. So let's hop into, um, oh, I wanted an answer about this. How did you learn about this? Like, did you... Is it just trial and error figuring out your email sequence? Did you like, you know, pay a course or what is it? Uh, growth University. Did you check out anything in order to do one of those? Or you're just like trial and error. We're good now. Trial and error. Yeah, definitely. And once you're exposed to the idea, then you're aware of it and you try it out yourself and you set it up once or twice um, and you've done it once. So you know how to do it again. Uh, but it's figuring out what who you, you need to know who you're targeting and what you're selling and what yeah. your end goals are because otherwise you, you're just shooting in the dark. And that, that's why I've kind of give context about me as branding services. But if you have another niche, then uh, if you're an illustrator, then you focus on um, what you can do for clients and don't make it about you and your drawings, but talk about what value you're going to create for the customers and what the value of illustration is over say like a photo. It's talking about the differences and selling people on this idea that will get people interested in you and your work all right so let's talk about the money side of this how do you go about your research of because i know there's a whole game to this seo stuff i don't know how to do it but i know there's a game and i know there's things that you got to look for like how do you position yourself for the opportunities to make a blog 
post worth your time? Whether you're outsourcing it, doing it yourself, how do you set up what you're going to be creating content for that week, that day, that that month? How do you go about that? So it comes back to your goals again. And like I said, where the branding, I a lot of my topics are on branding, but I also have very many other areas that I post about on my blog. I even talk about SEO. So if you want to learn SEO, then there's articles on that as well. So there's also buying guides. This comes into passive income where I'm, I'm paying writers to, to write reviews about products that are useful designers. So what are the best laptops for designers? Here's 10 of the best laptops reviewed. Click here to buy. I'll make a cut. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's small, but with scale, it, you can, you can make a, a good buck, you know? So if you think about a product such as a laptop and it's a few K, you can make a good chunk versus a book where it's just like a few cents. So I, I've kind of really doubled down on this idea of, uh, when it comes to guides, um, buying yeah. guides and affiliate marketing. But if you're wanting to do this yourself and you want to get a blog going, you want to get traffic to your site, you it is a long game. It's You're not going to get any results in the first six months, I guarantee you, because you need to get authority and trust from search engines. So what mm. does that mean? You need to have links back to your site, so from other article, from other websites. And it's important where these links come from. So if you've got a link from New York Times or CNN, it's seen as more trustworthy than a link from Bob's Fish Shop or something like that. So... <laughs> 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 I'm gonna look you up on what what is that shit called? SEM Rush. I'm gonna see if you have Bob's Fish Shack <laughs> as one of your your backlinks, man. I'm gonna be like, where you buy them backlinks from? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah, I've never I've never bought a backlink, so that's a bit shady, and uh, it can turn out bad for you. If you do that, yeah. but you have to learn the basics, and the basics are easy. The basics are easy. The hard part is getting links. Uh, if you learn the basics about um, your page title which you stuff with keywords and your description and the first paragraph of your text, that's like 80% of your work done. Uh, so to put this in context, if you Googled best laptops for designers, that's what you type in a search, right? What's best, what's the best laptop for a designer? I'm going to put that in my title tag. It's that simple. Yeah. What people search for, you put in the title tag. That's like 80% of your work done. And people don't realize how easy that is. But the hard part is, there's going to be competition, right? So there's about hundreds of articles saying best laptops for designers. They all want that number one spot. So how to get ranked is to get those links and how to get those links is by having good content. And if you share great content, people want to link to that from other sites. So if I have resources and articles on branding, then people are going to link to that. And then my site will be known as a design blog or a branding blog. And that will mean my because that's what I'm focused on, my rankings are going to increase. So that's the basics of it. Um, you can learn all about that. Um, there's SEM Rush is a big website, um, SEM Moz, SEO Moz, I think it is. Um, and there's a few basic articles to get started on my site as well. Um, they're a little bit more like five minute reads, but it'll get you into the mindset of what SEO is and how you can get started. But it's so crucial because, like I said, 1% is on social. Yeah. I hear you. So let's go a little bit uh, tactical real quick. So how do you get your links? Do you have like a certain outreach process that you have where you have somebody who's constantly reaching out to X, Y, and Z for, uh, how, how does, how does that work for you? How do you get? So, yeah, I've never paid outreach people and they, there is that job. So you can get people to get links and that's why I get a thousand links a day, <laughs> emails a day saying, I want to link. Here's an infographic. I'm like, that's a terrible infographic. Holy but, shit. <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's probably a dozen a day that I'll, I'll get from people wanting links. And sometimes I'll, I'll do it, but sometimes it is low quality and it'll probably detrimental my site. But I do yeah. uh, link exchange programs. I'm pretty generous with that sort of stuff because I have good domain authority on my site and a link can help another site out. So I, I'm pretty good with that. Um, they're all follow links. And I think you give, give something, you get it back. And in terms of um, how to get these links, it is a snowball effect because in the beginning, it no one wants to link to you, but the more authority you have and the more articles you have, the more you'll get seen and the, it snowballs from there. That's why I'm saying it's a long game and you have to know what your goals are and you have to put the content out there that's based on your goals. So, and you have to network with people as well and get that exposure because I don't, because I'm in a position that it does that all, all for me now. 
um, is a little different to someone just starting out. So I'm just talking about this in terms of people starting out. That's why they're listening. If they were going to do it, just make a list of 10 really high quality ideas uh, and do some research. Let's say five and research those five and see what's out there and how you can actually improve on that idea and make it your own and bring in your style or what you do and really own it and make it better than that other person's. You can see what ranks and then you can improve on it. Like I get outranked all the time because people see my great content, then they outdo it, which is great. It makes people improve on it. And I'm like, shit, okay, I need to go back and make it better or change my keywords or so forth. So it's a game, but it's a game you have to be in. Yeah. So you do go back and you edit your keywords. That's a, is that like a thing that you do? Like, or do you set it and forget it? How often do you go back to old content? Uh, a lot of, a lot of them I said, a lot of the, I just, there's so much content that you can't do that for all of it, but the ones yeah. that make money, I do go back because after time, um, post D rank. So mm. for example, if I'm doing buying gear and I post it in 2018, I'm like best laptops. 2018 in 2019 that post isn't going to that one must be doing really fucking well for you because <laughs> i even looked that shit up the other day didn't realize who i clicked on and i was like oh shit i'm on jacob's website i was like that motherfucker <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 shit was first is that <laughs> is that one of the one of the top ones right now yeah yeah definitely there's a there's a few top ones and um they're all ranked about like that's why i double down on this i have, I have probably like 50 articles on different gear for designers so it's a niche there's like there's tons of articles out there, but I've focused on it for designers and creatives, and that's really how I've um, excelled in that area, and that's why I've continued to do it. Yeah, and going back to keyword editing, I will go back to the article, refresh it, add like a new product. If it's a highly ranked post, you have to check your stats to see like what's ranking and how it's going and all of that. So you don't want mm. it. And sometimes I'll keep track of posts that have been well, or, uh, have been going well, and then I'll notice that the traffic's dropped off, and I'm like, oh, why? my revenue's gone down over the past month. So this happened for the laptop post, for example. And yeah. I went back and updated it, changed some of the, um, the laptops, updated the links. Um, I didn't change any of the keywords. I just changed the dates and things, and it went back to one. So it's important to consider what is ranking well and keep an yeah. eye on it. Like if you're just starting, you're going to have like, say, 10 core killer pieces of content. And you want to keep an eye on them, what's going well, what's resonating, and like swap them around and change things if they if they get deranked from someone else because people it's all a game people want to be ranked first so they're going to try to outdo you so so overall do you keep like your seo strategy pretty basic like you just look at the keywords of or phrases that people were basically looking up which is high search results low uh what is it competition and you just insert yourself or are you getting to shit that like the really nerdy stuff where it's like we need to make a pbn make sure you <laughs> I don't need. <laughs> no, like, I don't even understand this. Yeah, no. Nah. Uh, I don't use any tools. Like I keep it pretty simple. My tool is Google, and I think of what I would type. So, yeah, the best laptops is a, a good one because it's so simple. I said that before. Like best laptops, yeah. designer, That's what you find. But if you if it if your if your client um, or you're selling your services, it's like branding, design, New York. Then it would be focused on on that and. Where was I going with this? Um, simple SEO. Oh uh, like yeah, simple SEO. Nerdy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so simple. <laughs> I'll I'll type it into Google, and at the bottom of Google, it'll have other key phrases that people um, write. So I'll kind of put a few of them into uh, the post. So if it's if they write best laptops for programmers, I may come up with a new idea that a new post that is tailored just for programmers, or I may put in that keyword in my post. Um, so that way, uh, it's a very simple way of just seeing what people search for. I don't use any other tools. Uh, I know there's a lot out there for the geeks, uh, but I keep it simple. And you use no other like extensions. No, no you just use the bottom related. Oh, that's dang. It. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, I type in fr like a couple of phrases that I think I'll type in, see what those are at the bottom and then use that in, in the title. Um, and most of the time that works, but, um, another tactic that works is, um, using different phrases. So for example, uh, the head best earphones I did, um, there's different words for earphones, headphones, earphones, in bud, um, in earphones, overhead earphones. Like there's so many different ones that you can pick up on. And yeah. I, I really put, I, I took all those keywords, put them all into the title. And now it's ranked number one. Cause I just took all those keywords that are at the bottom. I'm like, no one else has done this. 
So yeah, it's it's ranking well. Yeah, it's simple, so, right? It, you say it's simple, man. But no, I... the search keyword searching is simple. Like oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. And this is what I was saying before. Eighty percent of that work is in the keyword search. Like if you put that in the title of your page, so your page title. If you, um, I'm going to bring this back to WordPress because most people use WordPress. If they have a SEO plugin such as Yoast or All in One SEO, they're two plugins. Yeah. Um, at the bottom of the post, that's where you plug in your page title, and that is 80% of the work. And I just showed you how you type in the keyword, see the other keywords yeah. at the bottom, put in the page title. That is SEO. I dig it. That that was very simply put. I remember um, it was a couple of years ago because I was really trying to. This was even before me really this is when i was like trying to be on youtube and people were talking about like pbns backlinks like making it was insane mm. um so backlinks is the hardest thing i was i was saying that it, it is really tough and if to get those backlinks and that's why there's outreach specialists to get links and that's why there's a lot of uh, emails like that is who want links because that is the reason so if you can figure that out and just google ways to get backlinks then that's the next step of SEO. Just out of pure curiosity, whether yourself or knowing somebody, have you, because there's even a couple like YouTube gurus who are like, every video I make, I make sure that I uh, go to Fiverr or some store and make sure I, I work with this guy specifically and buy like out, uh, buy backlinks or somehow get my stuff on his PBN blog network and for those of you guys who don't know what a pbn is it's a public blog network it's i didn't know what that was stuff. so that shows what i know yeah like i was what was it when i was 18 i was i was really trying to get into some nerdy some nerdy stuff in uh internet domination we're not there yet obviously it has not worked for me because i haven't implemented it but i um, guys those of you listening just look it up you'll you might uh, find some <laughs> I'm interesting look stuff it up. there yeah <laughs> We're going to take a real quick break. We got super nerdy for like 30, probably 40. I can't do math. Whatever time you've been listening, guys. <laughs> so I have a question. Are you prepared? Absolutely. What was the last embarrassing moment that you've had recently? Oh, my God. And yesterday. I'll share mine as well. Yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if it was embarrassing because no one saw it, but I, I went mountain bike riding and I mm. it's a huge hill and you go through all the tracks and everything and I get to the bottom of the track. Uh, his pop. And my tires popped. So my mate bike, oh, I had to like go. No. <laughs> I had to uh, walk my bike up all through the tracks, and then the thunderstorm lightning cracks, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> Starts raining, so I had to walk home with my pop tire, walk up the hill through all the dirt track, um, and that was just like it was just so hysterical because it literally couldn't be worse uh, until the hail started, um, and I just got home as the hail started, and I was like, oh, okay, at least I got one win out of this. So. That was a really uh, interesting, but I don't know if it's embarrassing. I hope you take it. Well, obviously there was some impact emotionally during that yes, experience. Exactly. So, we'll <laughs> so we'll take it. There was some emotional trauma. Yes. Um, no, thank you for sharing. I saw that on your Instagram story. It's now it's good to have like some background of what was happening. Uh, it's good to talk about it. It's good to talk about it. Mine, people were definitely around. <laughs> so I bought, okay, you guys can't even ding me on this. I bought some skinny jeans. I wanted to see how it interacts with my calves, my non-existent ones, of course. We have to, you know, market them as if they're bigger than they are by getting really tight, tight pants. And I walk into my office and my coworker is like, hey, give Madison her pants back. <laughs> and I was just like, and guys, Madison, yes, that is a girl's name. They said I was wearing her pants. I was very upset for like five seconds. Then I was just like, I wear, the, I wear them better. All right, moving on. Okay, so <laughs> uh, let's. Christ. Yeah, thank you, thank you for sharing that. We're just, you know, slight breaks. I dig them. Back into series blog stuff. I want to know how did you decide? Is it what did you decide to go into the designer, like best X, Y, and Z for designers tech wise, like the laptops, the earbuds. Is this something that you just found really worked for you and you just decided to go all, all in on? And is that the most profitable sort of content that you have on your site or is this something else? It, it was. It definitely was because I got exposed to Amazon as if Amazon's affiliate program. 
and I wasn't doing like I'd, I've been doing affiliate marketing for years, but it was a lot of email marketing and it wasn't as natural. But I did a one or two posts on, um, I don't know, best laptops. I can't remember what the first one was, but it was like best something for designers. And I'm like, oh, this is going well. Like maybe I do another idea. And it just, it took off and it, it got ranked ranked well. And it, as soon as it started getting more exposure, like this is really taking off. I should do this more. And I, I did a few of myself and then I'm like, this takes too much time. So I ended up right, um, hiring uh, writers to, to do this for me. And I kind of just made this big buying guide for designers. And I don't know how long or how long this is going to last for, but it's a way that I, I knew that was working and I just continued to write it and uh, doubled down and it's working this year i don't know how long it's going to last for because some of the posts will de-rank but it's just keeping that momentum up and keeping some of the posts fresh like some of them are duds and they're not even they're not ranked at all um but then the ones that do get ranked then um it, it's profitable and it makes it all worthwhile and something that's important to know about amazon's affiliate program is that if you refer a product to amazon or someone to amazon let's say it's a um, a rubber stamp or something or a rubber to erase your pencil marks. This is like $2, but someone goes to Amazon, buys a, um, the eraser and then a diamond ring. You're like, okay, they get, you get a cut of everything in the cart, not just the rubber. So it's a good cut. And that's why Amazon's program is being so successful because uh, of that reason. And that's really where the money comes from, I, I guess. And what's really interesting is you can see what people buy from from you. And I don't know why, but the past six months, people have been buying packs of frozen pizza. <laughs> it's like one of my most sold products. And consistently, every six, like every month, people are buying frozen pizzas. I've never talked about pizza. I've never talked about food or anything. But they consistently go through my site, click on one of my links, and buy pizza. So I don't know. <laughs> it's That's just, crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. That's really, that's really interesting. So yeah, is, are you, I'm going to, go I want to talk about how people can actually do Amazon affiliate yes, marketing. Please. I've got a go few ahead. YouTube videos and IGTV videos about mm. this, but uh, for your listeners, it's simple to get set up. You just go to Amazon associates program, type that into Google. I don't know the address and sign up for the program. You just enter your name and your bank details pretty much so you can get paid. And yeah. then you have an Amazon affiliate program. And once you go, once you have that set up, when you're signed into Amazon at the top of the page is a little link that says, um, get link, get Am like affiliate link. So you go to any yeah. product on Amazon, press get affiliate link. And that is your unique link that you can share anywhere. So you can share that link on your social platforms. And to put this in your context, let's say you have a book um, that you yeah. love is your favorite book. You want to recommend this book to everyone. You're going to share it everywhere. Personal recommendations go a long way. I can guarantee you if you set it up and share on your socials that you love this particular product, this is the reason why, and you need to buy it today, you'll make your first affiliate sale. And you just repeat this process with things that you love. I know a lot of other designers that share their tools that they use, podcasting tools, pens, pencils, laptops, whatever it is. Yeah. You can you can influence other people. That's what I was saying earlier, that everyone can be an influencer. Uh, as long as you put your personal recommendation and you truly believe in it and people trust you, you'll make that yeah. sale and you'll make a cut and you can just scale this idea. That's what I've done. Uh, you just scale that idea. So I have a different account. It's the, influ the what is it? The influencer, influencer shop, shop, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that is... Do they, is it the same or is it like, I know, I feel like there's a difference. There, there is a difference. Uh, I'll talk about it. So anyone can be an uh, associate of Amazon and you get a link and that's how I said it just before. But the influencer shop is... Um, something that Amazon gives to select people. I don't know what their criteria is, but after X amount of time, they'll send you an email saying you can set up an influencer shop. And basically it's a way to set up mini shops within your Amazon shop um, to, to um, send people to. So for example, I could create a mini shop of like best yeah. laptops, a mini Ooh. shop of best mouses or mice, and <laughs> the Google in your brain popped up was like, no correction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did both, do both of them. <laughs> yeah, do both. So yeah, that's what the um, Amazon shop is about. And the idea is that you send people to that shop. Um, but I, 
because I have my own platform, I'm sending people to my platform, then to Amazon. Yeah. But if you are on um, your social platforms and you want to drive people to your shop uh, to see all your collections or mini shops, that's that's what it's for. I don't think the influencer one is as good as the regular affiliate, to be honest, because I think there's like they have to buy what you have on the store and they don't you don't get the like the resi- let's say if they did buy a pizza i'm not getting that money i don't think that's how it works no it is because it, it does yeah yeah so they would have to they would add your product and then they can browse the shop the cookie lasts for a day um it used to mu- last much longer than that they changed to a day um so whatever they buy in that day in that same cart same purchase you'll make the money guys buy pizza because i keep seeing thousands of you going up in there and y'all ain't <laughs> buying shit no. <laughs> is it pepperoni no jk i, I yeah, do I need to like? Maybe I'm just gonna have a whole whole shop of pizza next. I think that's what I've learned from here. No, J.K. Um, so to get into numbers, what could you see monthly from your your blog or blogs? Because I know you do have the. I'm I have this tab open, man. I'm 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 gonna get this name right. Just globe trotting. So I'll I'll say it's five figures a month for okay. Amazon affiliate stuff. Um. Uh, well, not Amazon affiliate for affiliate stuff altogether. Yeah. Um, Amazon is probably seventy percent of that. Then just globe trotting is we have we're not traveling as much anymore, so we're not writing as much content. But we have more ads on just globe trotting. I don't. I have one tiny ad on just creative, which pays for my web hosting, not much else. But I keep my site quite simple and clean. And the only thing I really promote is the lead magnet because I want to get that email address. You know. So that's what I promote, and I just have um, a few ads here and there. Uh, but I'm just globe trotting. I it's very ad heavy because the thing with travel blogs is people don't stick around for long. Like they get information, they go on a trip, and then you don't see them again. So yeah, it's chock chock full of ads um, uh, for through a publisher called Media Vine, and yeah, they they serve ads based on um, the cookies and all that sort of stuff, and then. There's also affiliate marketing. So we recommend hotels because we've, we've shared posts on, I don't know, 80 different countries. We've shared art, um, trips and tours and um, hotels and hostels that we have stayed at or recommend. So we make a small cut if they, they go through and, and book on that. And we also recommend insurance and a few other resources um, like Uber and um, other travel resources that you can make affiliate money from. But the biggest one would be uh, Mediavine and Booking.com, the hotels yeah. that that make the most. Got you. Very cool. So if someone who's listening is like, all right, so we understand we need to have emails, email sequence. If I want to do inbound, but more, most importantly, I need to have a hub and build some type of content. What what were the first steps for you that you would, even if it weren't the first steps for you, what would you recommend to somebody who is wanting to opt to do what you're doing today what would be like step one step one so you need your own platform and a lot of that comes down to um i guess setting up your site and that is well i do it through wordpress there's other platforms out there but wordpress is probably the easiest way to set it up if i was let's go let's say i was doing this in scratch day one i would set up a um a business plan first to know what my goals are what my business is what i'm um who i'm targeting what my goals are, what my services are, and figure out a business plan first before you jump into anything else. How are you actually going to make money? Like, is it um, services? Is it affiliate? Is it a mix? Um, and how you get, who are you targeting before you do anything? And then I'd start your website, which is your platform. And I would create, get that started, work on your branding, um, which is part of the business plan as well, but um, also your identity. So your logo, name, um, visuals and so forth and get the website up and running and then work out a content marketing strategy to start marketing your services or uh, if you're doing affiliate do that too um, to, to start getting traffic to your site um, but you could also you could also market in other ways like uh, we mentioned earlier if, instead of just content marketing um, as well so use a diverse strategy when it comes to marketing and then when I say work on your content marketing strategy, it's really uh, knowing who to target and what to, what to talk about. So if you're an illustrator um, or logo designer or um, branding expert or whatever, that's what your content's going to be about. And it's selling 
uh, your expertise and position you as an expert. And that's the idea here is to, to show what you know. And that way you become credible and that way people want to listen to you and that way you can sell your services more easily and so forth. So that's, I guess, the four-step process. And yeah, I, I think that will keep you pretty busy. <laughs> then, <laughs> then learn, um, once, you, once you have some content in mind, I'd learn SEO, um, the basics of it. Just do a, a mini SEO course or read at least a few articles on it. You'll, you'll be surprised at how easily you'll pick up the basics. And then you can apply that to your content and making sure you have your portfolio reflect what you want to be hired for because ultimately yeah. that's how what you're driving people towards as well yeah and we can go deep on marketing there's so many other things to this but that to get you started there they're essentials strategize build your platform content or some other marketing that allows you to show your expertise show your work either through a portfolio figure out how based on your content, who your market is, understand how you can build in some affiliate marketing into there to monetize or some other partnerships. If you guys have not listened to our podcast with Ryan Hayward, check that out right after this one. Uh, we talk about partnerships there and definitely learn some SEO. All right, cool. Now, this is going to be the last bit of this podcast because I want to know, was it organic getting into like entrepreneur Forbes, how, how, how are you able to get on TEDx? Did you pitch them what you wanted to talk about? And the reason I'm asking this is because not only I'm really interested in figuring out like this whole thing about PR, how do people build these relationships? How are people outreaching? Because this is, again, this is just another way of showing your work, but just on, you know, other stages, but also how can you get that backlink to, or on very reputable sources like Forbes Entrepreneur and all the other uh, top places that you've been? Well, if you reverse engineer it, let's use Forbes, for example, uh, you want to get a link on Forbes. How are you going to get in contact with someone on Forbes? You think, where are they located? Are they on LinkedIn? Do they write articles on Forbes? Do they have an author link? Like, where are they going to be found? And you can build that relationship or reach out to them. Don't go in for a hard sell. You can just contact them or add them on LinkedIn or send them a message or follow them on uh, Insta or DM them um, and start talking. You don't sell anything yet. Just um, say, I love your work. Uh, I love what you do. Give them a compliment. It, it's, um, people love to hear compliments, obviously. <laughs> so if you can, get, if you can uh, get that going, relationship going, you're already, um, yeah, you have a foot in the door. In terms of how I got on Forbes, I, it, it was someone um, that outreached to me as well as entrepreneur and TEDx. They all contacted me because I had that platform. I had that exposure. So the opportunity arose because of it. But if I wasn't out there, these opportunities wouldn't have came. So it all comes back to how, what you're putting out there, how exposed you are. And um, that's how people find you. But I, I want to give you some ideas of reverse engineering. Like you go where they are. It, it, it just yeah. makes sense. So we're all people at the end of the day. And if, if you want to, get someone that's your goal if you want to be on forbes like make it happen they're not going to just magically contact you unless Pop you're lucky into your, your inbox yeah <laughs> be like hello there yeah yeah guys i i think that's i can't really say it any better be human about it find or go to where these people are that you're trying to seek build a relationship talk with them don't hard sell on the first date unless for some reason they that that happens again that there's luck involved in this but again read the room or the chat box <laughs> And with that, Jacob, are there any last words for these beautiful ears that you are now in? I'm going to send them to my email address. Of course. <laughs> I need, I need you. I need your email. Um, I mentioned it earlier, brandinbriefcase.com, but it is not just, um, to get your email. It's, there is a ton of resources in there that will help you with your brand strategy, your business. It will help it grow. There's, um, logo inspiration in it. There's a branding, um, mini course. Uh, there's, design resources and a ton of free stuff in there that you get just from exchanging your email and you can unsubscribe if you don't like my shit. I'm cool with that. Just <laughs> get involved, get those freebies and I'd love to hear from you. Check it out. All right. Thank you so much for listening to design huddle. Thank you, Jacob so much for giving us some of your time. This episode is brought to you by visit Williamsburg. 
In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Design Huddle is a podcast that is hosted by Ryan Warner and Brendan Gross. The opinions stated here are our own and not those of our company. Thank you for tuning in and please feel free to share this episode.